Welcome to the Supply Chain Careers Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Gaffney, and I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Mike Ogle and Rodney Apple. We're excited in this series to talk about a number of key impact areas for leadership and development for supply chain professionals, students, and employees. We're going to talk about how you can work more effectively as an individual to create your own space for development, how you can differentiate in the workforce, how you can chart your own path to grow and develop, and how you can guide your own career. So sit back and enjoy the ride. We'd like to welcome Chris Gaffney to the Supply Chain Careers podcast. Chris is going to be launching a new series on leadership. And we're very excited to have him on board. He's got many years of experience uh, working as a supply chain executive. Uh, we go back to the Coca-Cola days where I led their supply chain recruitment. Chris is known as a, a very solid coach, uh, mentor, and developer of talent. So, again, very excited to have you on board, Chris. Welcome. Rodney, thanks so much. And I, I really am excited um, to join the team at Supply Chain Careers. Obviously, I have been associated with the work and been aware of the work over the last couple of years. And I was hoping and looking for an opportunity to say, how can I do more? And this, you know, kind of will feed my passion for, um, you know, coaching and mentoring and development and supporting the careers of students and professionals in a, in a more structured way. And, and obviously I'm excited to do it uh, alongside you and Mike and the team. And Chris, I'll second that welcome to the team. We're very happy to, to have you with us and especially getting started on the leadership series. Uh, but in addition to that, how else are you planning to dive in as part of the supply chain careers? Well, Mike, I, I do hope to be able to write on, you know, what what I and we agree are, are kind of hot topics for the team. And we've got an article out there. We can probably put a link to that in the in the description. And we've got a, a number of other things on the docket. And I definitely think as a team, we want um, you know, supply chain careers to provide even more content to help people guide themselves through you know, a, a very unique environment for supply chain professionals. So I hope you know, articles that potentially could turn into you know, blogs and webinars, so multimedia content to help people Kind of navigate what's going on. I think I'm also going to contribute to some of the larger work of the team as we build kind of an overall architecture for key jobs in the supply chain field with job descriptions, again, that help hiring managers and professionals um, as they navigate, you know, opportunities in their organization and others. That all sounds great, Chris. Could you tell us a little bit about the first topic that we're going to be covering today um, as far as the leadership series goes? And when, when we first start, started talking about it, the good news is we think there's you know, a, a lot of topics that we can get to. But the reality is, you know, right now, there is a lot of movement in the market. It's been intense for the last year plus, and there seems to be you know, no letting up. So you have a lot of people who are actively looking to move. And frankly, another chunk of people who hear and see this and say, you know, should I be thinking about moving? But what the data tells us and my own experience says is a significant percentage of people who make a move regret their decision. You know, it's a knee jerk. They're, they're running from something. 
but they're not thoughtful about where they move to. So, you know, I think the the hope is that we can talk a little bit about how to offer a methodical process when, you know, you are are considering making a move, whether it's inside your own company or or probably even more importantly outside your your current company. So Chris, as part of this methodical process that somebody would follow, uh, do you have some personal experiences that you could share in how to get started on on this path? Yeah, I mean, my own personal experience, if I think about it in, you know, 30 plus years in supply chain with, you know, four or five companies, you know, I've made those moves. And in some cases, I was probably lucky. Uh, In some cases, there wasn't much thought to it, but, you know, I had a particular move that I made that really didn't work well. And, you know, it was emotional in making the decision, but it was really emotional when I realized it was not the right decision. And that was a difficult time for me and my family. And in retrospect, it, it was clear that there were things that I could have done, actions I could have taken that would have helped me make a better, and in that case, potentially a different decision. And I just don't want to see people go through that. Making a regrettable decision in your career, you know, may turn out great in the long run, but it can really cost you. And I'm I'm hoping we can help people avoid that. Yeah, Chris, we'd love to hear your story uh, that you just referenced. Um, Give our audience a flavor of what went wrong and, and how you course corrected. I I had a situation in my career where, you know, I thought I had made the right move and actually moved into what was called a developmental role. And then new leadership came in shortly after that. So it was still in the developmental space. And there was a lot of pressure and expectation from the new leadership that why don't you know all of this, right? This was not early in my career. This was relatively deep in my career. And so immediately a fair amount of stress and not a lot of support from my immediate leader in that. And that created a catalyst for me. Um, I had discussions internally with my manager and he was suggesting moves that I felt like were a step back for me in my career and, and potentially high risk. And that got me to saying, well, maybe maybe I need to to think outside. And I had an opportunity through relationships to um, get exposed to what was essentially a startup. And it sounded like a really good situation. And, you know, I did some due diligence on it. Ironically, I talked to some other people who'd, who'd made similar moves. And I said, what process did you follow? And I said, sounds like this process is similar to me. Um, but I'd, I really didn't look under the hood enough and, you know, made the move. And two weeks in, I said, this is, this is not going to work. And that was, that was really tough. And I, I scrambled over the course of, you know, a very short period of time and was able to, to get to a better place, but it's not anything I would welcome anybody else to experience. And Chris, you've also, coach people through this process. Uh, I believe you mentioned uh, one of our former co-workers at Coca-Cola uh, is going through this uh, exact process right now. Could you elaborate on on uh, that conversation and how you set this person on the right path so they can you know, hopefully mitigate the same mistake that you just referenced? 
Yep. I mean, I, I would tell you, you know, this is something I thought about a lot. And in all honesty, you know, a guy who used to work for me came to me a couple years ago and actually had done this, you know, extremely proactive approach and in a nice way. And I was able to help him validate. We'll talk about the role of an external network in validating your thinking. But he got to a great outcome. And I essentially said, I kind of want to be able to borrow this and use this with others because you've now got the right process. So um, current situation is a, a mutual friend of ours who's who's got an opportunity to, to be at that fork in the road. And so I said, this is a huge time. It doesn't come very often and it's a pivotal time. So let me let me help you um, and, and give you the benefit of something that, that I think would have helped me at the time. And so, um, you know, we sat down and we've talked about it and he is now applying the process. So um, we'll see how it plays out. It's all, it's all in flight right now, but, uh, but I'm encouraged. So Chris, as part of this process, uh, what is really the first step that someone should follow as they begin the process? Yeah, it's it's a great question, Mike. And and the, the first thing I would say, and I think it is a reflection of learning, is that this has to be a collaborative process. When you're making a large decision like this, it, it really shouldn't it shouldn't be in a vacuum. So, you know, what what I would say is if if you're in a situation where you have a partner, um, whatever the structure that is, engage your partner in that. If, if you're not at a place where you're you're in that relationship, then leverage a family member, a parent or a sibling who you really trust. But you, you need to have, you know, somebody really close to you. And then you're also going to need external voices. So, you know, you want to be thinking about who those people are. And, and the objective of the, the overall process is to, is to kind of give you multiple options. It's always tough if you've only got one, one game to play. But if you can think about multiple options, that are informed by your long-term career goals, then you got a better shot at, you know, at pointing yourself in the right, in the right direction. And I, you know, I would say a lot of people I know don't really have a clear view of what their long-term career goals are. So the hope is that this process asks you to stop and think about it. And the person that we talked about when he initially said he's thinking about something else, I said, are you really clear on, on what you want to get out of things? You know, you know, what kind of role do you really want? What kind of decision-making accountability do you want to run the show? Or do you want to play a subsidiary role? Are you, are you hoping to learn? Is it a particular field that you're excited about? Or some type of experience that, you know, that you, you'd like to gain? And, and in a long-term standpoint, you know, what kind of impact are you trying to have? Is it all about your impact on a business? Is it your impact on people or it's something you're trying to accomplish in, in the overall field of supply chain? So if you can lay that out, then I think the critical step is to then work backwards from there. Okay. And, and it's, it may be multiple steps. And the whole point of this is, you know, you're not going to go from where you are to your end state in most cases, but you may be able to clearly see I've got to close some gaps from where I sit today to that end state. 
And, and that might help you then narrow down, you know, to a couple of potential roles that are achievable for you that you can then target your focus on. And so, Chris, once you get to that point, uh, you've narrowed it down to a few roles. What's the next steps from there? Um, target list of companies, uh, research, things like that? Yeah, I think it's it's probably, you know, three steps in a process. And I think we're going to we're going to publish a little bit of a template for this. But if you can identify, you know, one to two of those, you know, potential next roles, then for each of those, they're really probably three chunks of work. The first is really kind of ask yourself the questions of saying, you know, I like to spend a large portion of my time doing this type of work, um, gaining knowledge in this space, working, you know, um, in this type of environment. I think those things are going to start to then target you to, to get to, you know, what is the kind of company that I really want to work for, right? And it may be multiple attributes, but examples of things are, do you, do you want to go large or do you want to go small? It's kind of like choosing colleges. There's a big difference between working at a big mega enterprise and a startup and a midsize. And there's pros and cons to all, but this is a time to really say, am I better suited in a big global company, you know, like an Amazon, or, you know, is it time for me to, you know, am I right point in my life to go, you know, for the experience of a startup? Other things like publicly held, privately held, you know, there's a big difference between working for a family owned business and there's some unique diligence that you have to do in, in whenever you're going to work for a, a family or an owner, it's a big difference than working for a publicly held company or even a big privately held company. I think a couple of other things are important as you start to get to, you know, the kind of company is how important is supply chain to that organization? And I, I think you can be a supply chain professional in an organization that really doesn't value supply chain and, it, and it's going to be hard for it to really satisfy you know your objectives if you are fundamentally a supply chain professional i think beyond you know how prominent supply chain is in the organization it, it really is important to look at the culture and you know what does this company aspire to and you know in all honesty you know how do you how do you back check that a little bit um, or be prepared to do that and then you're going to get to fundamental questions around location and geography Every time we see somebody out and about, there's always a perfect job, but it may not be in the perfect location. And location matters a lot. And so being prepared um, with where you either want to go or don't want to go, I, I think is really, you know, is really huge. And, and my hope is the output of those steps help you start to target, you know, a set of companies. And then and you may have, you know, a couple different classes of companies. You may have, you know, your true dream or stretch companies. Um, you may, you know, you may have a few companies that are kind of, you know, no brainers for you, you know, and those, you know, where, where you, you may know people and people are successful. So, you know, I think you get two or three different kind of gradients of, of companies, but you should be able to get a list then. So at that point, you know, You've got companies in mind, roles in mind, 
then it's time to go do some detailed work um, to kind of get into say, does this company have this role open now or in the future? And, you know, at the same time you're doing that, go deep on the research on the company. Look at what's public, you know, look at what's online, you know, Glassdoor pro and con, but there's data that's in there. Use your network, you know, people you know or friends of friends who work in there. This is where LinkedIn is really effective. Who in your network works at that company? And get some honest views from people deeper in an organization about what is this company really, you know, really like to work for. And then I think, you know, with the combination of that, you can, you know, you can identify those target jobs and be on the market to understand when those jobs come available, either through publicly visible sites like Supply Chain Careers or through word of mouth. And so at that point, then you've kind of got potentially a fish on a hook. And, you know, then you can say, what are my tactics to get my name in the boat? And yes, you need to follow the formal process, either, you know, submitting on a website or working with a recruiter, but as well, think about using your network to help you get access to a hiring manager so you could potentially have preferred access um, you know, to at least at least compete for a role. Yeah, that's very good advice, Chris. Rock solid. You know, I think I think the people, especially younger in their careers, they I think they struggle with figuring this stuff out. As you get further along, you have more battle wounds, so to speak. Um, you kind of f- figure it out as you go. But I think it'd be great, you know, to talk about from a supply chain perspective. What are some of those pros and cons that you refer to? Uh, you know, I've worked in a small company. I've worked up to Fortune 15. So uh, what would you say are some of maybe the top three differentiators? Yep. If, I mean, if you think of a large company, you know, typically you're going to have more structured processes and rules that in theory protect employees, right? Particularly publicly held companies there's there's requirements around honestly how employees are treated in there is hope that there is more um objectivity in terms of how employees are evaluated in advance i mean and that is that is theory it's not always practice um and there's formality there that exists you know the flip side is in a startup you might have a job title but you might do five jobs and it might be what's required at the time and it may not be as glamorous as you might have thought about it. You know, the, the flip side of that is, you know, we, we know people who've made lots of money in startups, but it is a bit like gambling. Um, you know, for everyone that makes it big, um, there are folks who've had to watch three or four places fall down around them, which depending on your personal situation can be really stressful. Um, I think the middle ground is that, you know, that midsize enterprise. And, you know, there's sometimes a sweet spot there where there is a balance between that formality and maybe some of the less structured view in terms of how talent is developed and how jobs come to pass. But in those environments, the business may be a bit more stable. There may be an opportunity to really understand end to end. Um, And even though you're a supply chain professional, gain the expertise of working cross-functionally with commercial 
folks, sales folks getting in front of customers, same thing with suppliers. So there may be an opportunity to build a bit more breadth and context in your career. So I think those are some things that I think about when you you look at various types of in, of companies to land in. Good. <clears throat> yeah, I echo those uh, sentiments. I think you're right on target. I, I feel you, know, you get into that larger corporation, resource-rich, lots of learning, training, uh, and development opportunities, and you have a lot more career paths. Uh, con, sometimes you, it, you know, if you don't focus and have that career map and that career plan, it's it's easy to get pigeonholed into one area or one, you know, one function. And the longer you stay in any function, the more difficult it is to kind of move horizontally um, and so forth. So I think that's a good perspective. Whereas in a smaller company or midsize, you get more exposure to that end to end. So those are definitely some things to think about and making sure supply chain has a seat at the table where it's valued and it's not considered a, a necessary evil, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, particularly now, there should be a much greater opportunity for that. Right. Um, you know, with the prominence of some of the challenges of the last couple of years, there is greater sea level appreciation for that. But you don't want to walk into an environment where the supply chain folks have been blamed for all the misery of the last couple of years either. So, so I, again, I, you know, I would say that that use of your network to kind of say, what do people really say about this company? In all honesty, if a hiring manager is talking to you and you've gotten that far in the process, if they want you, they are trying to sell you on their company. That that should not be your objective assessment of what's real at that company for this role because they've got a motive there. But people who work deeper in the organization, people who work with that company will give you that validation of, hey, this is a great place for you or there's some things you really need to be thoughtful about before you, you jump into this boat. Great points. One of the exercises you could go through too is just looking at, uh, like you mentioned, LinkedIn and looking at people that either are doing the jobs that you're being considered for, or maybe a ring or two higher and just look for that stability in terms of tenure. Uh, you can run searches um, all day long in LinkedIn and you can also figure out what is that turnover. If you see people coming in that only stayed there a year, you see a big pattern, then you might want to, you know, uh, do some double checking and make sure uh, that it's a it's a good place to go to and you're not going to go into a place that's a revolving door. Um, another thing you can do is reach out and and conduct peer interviews where uh, you reach out to people maybe a little bit further down in the organization. Perhaps you have something in common. You went to the same university. Perhaps you're a member of the same supply chain association like an APEX or CSCMP. Uh, and those are great places where you can you know, tap into a network and get a real perspective um, as opposed to what you're being sold in an interview situation. Yep. And it's interesting. One more thing, as we have talked as a group about a number of things, Sometimes it's not always easy to know what you want to do. And I think, Mike, one thing I recall from grad school, one of my favorite professors, he said, if, if you're not sure how to solve the problem or you think you have a solution but aren't sure it's the right one, look at the opposite solution. So I, I think in many cases, if you're not sure what you want to do, at least do the work to be sure what you don't want to do. So, Mike, I don't know what your thoughts and experience are on that. 
Well, I was actually going to ask a, a, a question on perspectives of the like to do and don't like to do side of things. Cause sometimes in life to be able to advance, you got to take some medicine and you may find that there are things that you're uncomfortable doing, but you may need to be able to understand how others that are responsible for that would need to do how they would do it. Uh, or maybe it's something that you need to be able to, to try to do to advance to a level that you're trying to work your way up. So, I was going to try to get a little bit of perspective of what you've seen with people taking on things that they say, well, I don't like to do that, but you know, what can it do to help them advance their career? Yeah, this is where I think, again, having trusted advisors, again, when I make the, made the biggest decision I made, I thought it was a big deal. And so I didn't talk to people who would have given me honest feedback and I think in that case, Mike, this is another place where people who really care about you but are but are willing to give you honest feedback may say, you know what, you're not ready for that step or you're not ever going to get where you want to go if you're not willing to get that other experience. So you need to decide if that long-term, you know, long-term aspiration is real, then three or four years working in a distribution center to gain frontline experience it, it might be, you know, the action you have to take, then you need to find the right environment that will be supportive of you, even if it's something you didn't envision yourself doing or don't necessarily prefer to do. The thing that I would say is, this is a huge decision, right? And, and you can think about it, you know, in, in business, if you're going to go make a big investment for software or equipment that may be millions of dollars, you have a process to go through. But if you look at the average supply chain professional and their career earnings, these are million-dollar decisions. If they set you on the, the right path or the wrong path, and I, I do think, again, in the rush, everybody's doing it, or the market's hot, or I'm really unhappy where I am, it, it's counterintuitive that people may find the first opportunity, jump at it, and then, as we've seen in the stats, close to 50% of the people regret it. So if it's important enough, it's important to take the time and it's important to put things down on paper because then you separate the emotion from something that's a bit more quantitative and you got a much better probability of getting to an outcome that really does set you in a, in a good place in terms of a real positive next step for your career. So I, I think it's no regrets and and I hope as we do the rest of the the steps in the series that, you know, this kind of simple recommendation will be kind of what we strive to accomplish in each episode. And Chris, on that subject, where are you planning to go next in the leadership series? And it's a great question. And again, a hot topic, I think, coming out of the pandemic. Um, when we when everybody went home originally, they, they said, oh, this is going to be great. I'm not going to have a commute. I can work in the house. And now so many people I know say, there's no separation in my day from waking to sleeping. I've got bosses who don't respect personal boundaries anymore. So I'm, I'm on a call super early. I'm on it late. I get no lunch. And I haven't been, even been out for a walk in weeks. So, um, so I think we're going to try to focus on kind of the, the modern view of work-life balance, which ironically, I think, you know, will, will benefit from some tried and true tactics. But it's one of those things that I think everyone deserves, frankly, 
the, the right to step back and reassess what does that mean for me? And even if I can't get to perfection, how do I take some actions that can move me back to a sustainable place? So that's where we're going to go next. This has been uh, great advice. It is so important uh, to take this uh, methodical approach to evaluating your career, looking at the long term, where you want to be at the height and those important steps to get there. Yeah.